Well, hello, everybody. This is another wonderful evening of the Four Guys Roundtable Show with Coach Jeremy, AJ Nitro, Darth Pat, and I guess me. All right. So <laughs> just me. Uh, what we'll be talking about today, everybody, is everything WrestleMania matches, ring attire. I don't know. Entrances. Uh, I guess so. Entrances, cheesy ones, great ones, dumb ones, interferences. I don't know. Just whatever we come <laughs> up with. We'll be talking WrestleMania tonight, folks. If it's How's everyone doing? I'm doing well. But I was going to say, if it's in WrestleMania, it's in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, no, I'm doing good. It's a Monday as we're recording this. Uh, so it was Labor Day today. So I was lucky enough to have off uh, my company closes on labor day so that was kind of nice how about you guys anybody have to work today i worked <laughs> on call slash yeah i worked so basically yeah that on call means nothing i worked right <laughs> i'm unfortunate enough to have off even though we're in the middle of uh extension deadline season at my job but it's my boss nice. is not my, my boss is not that much of a taskmaster that he makes us work labor day so it, it oh. poured it poured here most of the day, like the zoo flooded and it, it rained a lot today. Oh, well, damn. I, I mean, at least you won't be in Colorado where today it was 94 and tomorrow it's going to be in the 30s with a snowstorm. So, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. saw that. That's just crazy. From uh, snow melting, they could have a flood just from that, you know? Yes, they could. But that's, I mean, that's crazy. That's, where I, flooded I, the I zoo. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's indicative of just how uh, screwed up our uh, climate is right now. So, no, so, you are uh, really. You think it's screwed up? <laughs> yes, bitch. Yes, well, bitch. Uh, all yes, I have to say is, whoever's living in Colorado right now, better go to the uh, the store and uh, get that good old green stuff because you might I, be in for a couple of days. So uh, I I, I, I have it. Some- I do have some friends who live in the Colorado Springs area, so I should probably ask them, uh, you know, like, uh, are, are they like hunkered down or uh, anything like that sort of, or if, they, or if they've made the necessary preparations, if you will, for a, a freak September snowstorm. And just the only reason I say that is because, I mean, obviously that's an area where obviously they're going to get a lot of snow being it's in Colorado with the higher elevations and everything. But I've seen what happens when places aren't ready for kind of sudden freak snowstorms and i'm thinking about uh anybody who's uh here in the northeast area where jeremy and i are remember mm-hmm. the snowstorm we got in november uh two years ago what 36 where, inches uh, dumped at one time no it wasn't that it didn't snow yeah. that much nearly that much the problem was though is that i was coming home from new york city i was in new york city for a three-day uh seminar uh, and on the last day, like the snowstorm was coming in. And so I could kind of tell the instructor was kind of like rushing through it because while I was driving home, there were people who had to like go catch flights home because they were in from like way out of town. I mean, I'm within driving distance in New York city, but a lot of the people who, they, who were there were not. Um, but the snowstorm just hit and it took me eight and a half hours to get home, uh, mm-hmm. on what's normally at, at worst a two hour drive. Uh, yeah. so it was, uh, it was crazy because it's basically, it was like, they just like weren't treating the roads or anything from like the entire path from New York city through, you know, New Jersey and into Eastern Pennsylvania here. And, you know, I heard people who just were just here, like in my home area who had it worse, like, uh, one of my former 
work supervisors said it took him multiple hours to to get mm-hmm. home when his commute is like 10 miles. Uh, my older sister, I think, told me it took her like six hours to get home when she normally has a 15 minute drive. So it was just in all kinds of insanity. So yeah. uh, it's like nobody was prepared for it. So it's like, are they prepared for September snow in Colorado? I don't know. It's a funny uh, thing to think about. Yeah, it was just a freak storm. And it was it wasn't even ice, but it, it dropped in the the way that it the the kind of snow that it was it felt like you were driving on ice because it it just packed and slicked like right away it was not i remember that snowstorm because i was at work and my drive is 20 minutes and it took me almost two hours to get home like it was just that bad and it it accumulated fast too yeah it was a fact it wasn't a lot but it was a quick accumulation because yeah. I think we only got like three to four inches or something like that. Well, but, uh, I think we got I think we got more than that, or at least where I I feel like we, there was more than that falling where in the areas where I was. But mm-hmm. it just seems like everybody was, you know, to use the uh, an, an old dirty proverb, everybody was caught with their pants down. So, and I remember like the days afterward, like everybody was blaming everybody else, for, like you know, in terms of like within like municipalities and state governments and stuff, saying, "Oh, well, they should have been ready for this. Oh no, they should have been ready for this. Oh, it was their fault." <laughs> so, you know, typical government bureaucracy bullshit. So, right. like, ring around the rosy of whose 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 problem this was, whose fault. Yeah, so, pretty much, pretty much. So I was. So I wanted to uh, just make a quick comment about football because I have been drug into a football fantasy <laughs> league, and uh, Theo and I are both participating in this. And uh, let's just say that I wasn't particularly going to do one, but I was <laughs> because I was like, "Are they even going to have a freaking football season?" I'm like, "Is it even going to happen with COVID and the fact that the foot NFL doesn't seem to be taking any precautions in regards to where they're going to that." Every team's going to still play at home. They're still going to play away. There's no bubble like there is in the NBA and there is in the NHL and women's basketball um, and the WNBA. Some teams teams are going to allow fans. 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 So there's like, is there really going to be a football season? So I didn't want to do it. But my nephew messaged me and then, of course, my brother messaged me and I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. So we had our draft the other day and I must be either getting old or completely out of touch with football now because (laughs) I – I know the players on the Eagles and I know some of the famous players from other teams, but there was a lot of players out there and maybe it's because the league is so watered down now too. I was like, who the hell are these fucking players like that I'm drafting? I was like, I don't even know half these guys anymore that are in the NFL. Like, cause either they're, they're just simply no name guys from no name from teams um, that I, you know, I know all the teams in the NFL, but I'm like, who the hell are these freaking guys that I'm drafting? Like these wide receivers and stuff. There's just so many players now. And, you know, that's where I know your knowledge, uh, AJ and knowing uh, college football and stuff, knowing the players that are coming out of college and you know, the, you know what they're going to be, how, where they're going to be from drafts and stuff like that. My, my favorite, just so you know, my favorite uh, coach, Jeremy, fantasy football moment ever okay was was the time we were doing a draft at my house when i lived in pa and he was like to our friend brett he was like hey brett can i see your magazine real quick and then he picked the player that brett was going to take (laughs) that's my favorite coach jeremy moment that when you beat pat that year when you had like two wins and he was the number one seed, and you beat him in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> beat me in the first round of the playoffs by, like, five points for the week. 
And then the, the, the next two weeks of the playoffs, my team outscored every single other team. The one week where my guys uh, that year had a bit of an off that, week. And I wasn't even thinking there was so much that they had an off week. He said that Jeremy just had a couple that, guys that just had monster weeks. That yeah, magazine but, yeah. that magazine moment with Brett was priceless. I'll never forget that because Jeremy knew exactly why he wanted the magazine. And Brett was like, fuck you. You just took my pick. <laughs> well, that's the problem. See, I didn't have a magazine. We didn't use phones for that shit right. at that time because there was none of that going magazines. on because fantasy football was so damn new. <laughs> um. But yeah, now, see, just, I, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, I thought the moment that AJ was going to make reference to was the moment where I think it was Jeremy picked somebody who might have been out of the league. No, wow. he, no he picked the wide or, receiver or, from he the picked David. Falcons. He picked David Boston with the first pick in the draft one year, and we were like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> oh, I thought, hey, I thought there was, I I thought there was a year that. I think it was that somebody picked Peerless Price when he had been out of the league for like two years. I, that wasn't Jeremy. I think that was one of Bobby's, one of those guys' buddies. Okay. I, I mean, I remember picking Peerless Price one year when I was trying to do it without the benefit of a magazine. He was still good that year, but I think that was also the first year that he started to suck. No. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I picked him as like my second wide receiver. So Jeremy, Jeremy 100% picked David Boston with the first pick in a draft. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. that, but that's that's funny. I couldn't even tell you who David Boston is. I mean, <laughs> uh, he was wide receiver. Well, that much that. I know. Former former suck eye. Uh. Yeah. It's just it's it's one of those things like my drafting's gotten better, but I'll tell you what, my team always sucks because I don't pick like based on the league I should pick differently. And I did this year I picked differently because the league that we're in yeah, you um, the is very what's that? You picked the cowboy. Whoa. I did pick a cowboy. Yes, I know, surprisingly. But you know what? Dak Prescott, regardless of how I feel about him, he gets fucking fantasy points. He is solid for fantasy points. So I'll suck it up and I'll pick a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, I, I adopted a strict no cowboys, no eagles policy a number of years ago. So Mine's yeah, no, that, that that, that, now, now I honestly don't think I care that much just because the Giants no, have been not for fantasy, so pathetic for so long. But On uh, Saturday... When I was at work, I rang a guy up and I signed him up from reward for rewards. And he, he was from Philly and he had a Dallas Cowboys face mask on. I'm like, oh, boy. He's like, I was like, I bet you get some shit there. He's like, I represent. <laughs> yeah, you represent. All right, buddy. <laughs> I thought of you, Jeremy. As I was talking to him, I thought of you, Jeremy. I'm oh, going to that guy. I, I think I've made mention once. I don't know if I've done that on the air, but a guy I used to work with, he rooted for the Phillies and baseball and the yes. Cowboys and football. You did. You did yeah. And again, it's just, I, I don't get that because I, I mean, I, I refer again to New York teams and they all have, you know, for the most part, there's rivalries between New York teams and Phillies teams, obviously between giants and Eagles, mm-hmm. but the Mets and Phillies are rivals, even though I'm not a Mets fan. Um, but you know, Rangers and the Flyers, you know, I don't really know so much about the Knicks and Sixers, but, but anyway, it's like, there's always that natural animosity between New York fans and Philly fans, but I can attest that there is no team that Philly fans hate more than the Cowboys. So anytime you see somebody from the Philly area who is a Cowboys fan, it is, it, it's interesting. So, <laughs> but, uh, and I always want to say, when, when did you start rooting for them? 1992? <laughs> depending on how old they are. Depending on how old they are. Yeah, my So our league that we're in is very uh, running back favored. Like, 
big time. Like I don't. I like quarterback league. I like quarterback leagues better. Yeah, our league is not. It's gonna. <laughs> it, it's not gonna get any better this year because the only thing they change as far as the um, scoring is points per reception now. So running backs are gonna get more <laughs> points because if they can catch out of the backfield, and wide receivers get more points. Quarterbacks. Unless your quarterback goes off for like 400 yards and four touchdowns, he ain't getting you a lot of points. You're probably getting about 20, maybe 30 points tops from a quarterback. You know, so most of your running backs are scoring as many points as your quarterbacks with 30 and 35 points. It's kind of ridiculous, but yeah, that's, you know, that's so top heavy with one position. That's why these guys in this league, they'll pick a quarterback in like round five of the draft. It's like, holy shit. Like all the good quarterbacks should be gone, but that just, yeah, I'm, I didn't pick mine till round four, but I was like, I'm looking and I'm like, I, I picked my draft how I usually, you know, normally do it. But I'm like, yeah. okay, why is there, I said, there's something going on. Cause all the running backs are going. So I couldn't find the scoring. And when I finally found it, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, yep. this is so running back top heavy. I yep. was like, well, I'm going to be gonna... SOL. <laughs> I mean, Pretty much like any time I've picked up a magazine or like looked at one of like the various, you know, sites that runs the fantasy league, whether it's like like Yahoo or NFL.com are the ones I use as examples because they're the ones I've used recently. Whenever they have like mock drafts and stuff like that, it always does seem like, yeah, it's like they're always picking running backs and wide receivers, especially running backs before they're picking quarterbacks. And because I kind of got used to the way our old league was where we counted you know, like completions for quarterbacks and everything, which mm-hmm. made quarterbacks the most valuable players. Um, it's, it's just kind of, so like I got that, I was always in the mind, that mindset, the quarterbacks are the guys you got to take. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of funny then to then see like somebody where they're using a different scoring system. So you have to be in a different mindset. Yeah. So yeah, true. It is. So one real quick thing, and then we're going right into our podcast. I'm a little saddened because I did see the flyers on Saturday, this past Saturday, lose in game seven to the New York Islanders, which was very sad because they played so hard to get back into that damn series, and then they fucking choked it big time by losing Colorado did nothing. The, yeah, Colorado did the same thing. They they got they were down 3-1, tied Dallas, and they were actually up 3-2 in the third period of game five or seven, and the game went to overtime, and they lost. Yeah. So both of them fought back and lost. And I, those are the... So. Yeah. I, I found it I, I found it yeah, I just uh I hadn't been following it since the Rangers were eliminated, which was pretty early on. So I was just actually before we started recording checking to see uh like like where they were and who was still playing and everything. I did that for both the NHL and the NBA. And I'm like the Islanders against Tampa and I'm like, okay, where did these teams finish in the regular season? And Tampa was like second or third best in the Eastern Conference in terms of yep. points, and the Islanders were like eighth, and I'm like, oh boy. Like so, on those grounds alone, as much as I don't like Tampa because they've been a pretty big rival for the Rangers, like I'm kind of hoping Tampa wins. I don't want the Islanders to win. I hate the Islanders. All right, then it is time to get started with this podcast and get get a little crazy with some WrestleMania stuff. Before we do, though, we want to jump in and say thank you to all our fans that tune in each and every week. Whether you're catching this on YouTube, you're catching this on uh, iTunes podcast, you're catching it on Stitcher or Spotify, we do greatly appreciate you always, as always, tuning in and listening to us because we, you know, we're here for you guys, we're here for ourselves, the bullshit, entertain you guys. Uh, if you are catching us on YouTube, though, make sure you are turning on those notifications, subscribing to the channel, giving this a big thumbs up so that we know you're enjoying the show. 
And uh, if you're catching this on iTunes, uh, you know, make sure you're dropping us a um, rating so we can climb up there. And we want to say, a, and we want to give a special, special shout out to our United Kingdom listeners. We have people that are listening in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Yes. So we are getting known around the world a little bit. So thank you guys for tuning in, or females, whichever it may be, that are tuning in in the United Kingdom. We do appreciate it, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Um, with that, oh, just a sec, I almost forgot. To those... You can catch us on Twitter, on Twitter at four the number four guys with a Z roundtable, and also make sure you tune in to the end of the show and catch the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania, which is going to be. Our favorite matches of all times from any of the WrestleManias from 1 to 35, because 36, 36 is coming out. Oh, 36 is, oh, 36 is already gone. I'm one behind. <laughs> oh, that's right. 36 was not uh, – that was right, because nobody no actually went to see that. <laughs> that's why I forgot it even existed, because it really didn't, in my opinion. But anyways. It happened so this year, so therefore it automatically sucked. Yeah. <laughs> So 2020, let's what it. was that year about? I forget already. We're going to jump into the first thing that we're going to talk about, everybody, is we're going to talk about how would you compare and contrast the first 20 years of WrestleMania to the current WrestleManias? And I just want to I'm going to kind of start off a little bit, but I'm going to let the our uh, two more of our historian WrestleMania guys take a little bit more lead on this one. Um, but we're going to make sure that we don't go too crazy with too much history of it. And that is, I, I really think when I look back at the early WrestleManias, they were more about celebrities, like getting celebrities involved to really make WrestleMania this big show, like just over the top glamour, you know, all this other stuff. I mean, you had Mr. T in the first WrestleMania. You had Lou Albano and um, Cindy Lauper at one point in time involved in WrestleMania. Um, you had um, uh, there was the the show tunes guy. Why can't I think of it? Was it Liberace? No, not Liberace. Liberace. Yeah, I was right. Okay, Liberace. Good. I was right with that. Liberace was involved in it. You had Muhammad Ali at some point in time. Regis um, Filman, you said? Regis Filman was... Uh... Yeah, he appeared at WrestleMania Seven. Uh, he, he he was like doing some like interviews backstage, including one with the Undertaker and Paul Bearer, where they started taking his measurements. <laughs> yeah. It was actually was it was funny. actually pretty funny because Undertaker was that still was in funny. his like first like six months or so, and like he's just like you know like doing the tape measure and all the various things and like saying out numbers to Paul Bearer, who's just standing there the whole time like. <laughs> That weird face that he made, which I can't imitate that well. He looked so. like he was farting. If you will, if you will. I'll tell you what, Paul Bear's face was, <laughs> I think what really made it is not only the faces that he could make, but was the the makeup. His makeup made his face kind of look plastic, almost like he was like a plastic person. It was kind of weird. Guys, but, guys, he is, when I met him, when I got Undertaker's, Paul Bear is fat. He was so fat in person. Like, you can't even, like... Watching him on TV to meeting him in person was like, holy crap. Completely different. TV yeah. did not show the real thing. No, it did not. <laughs> but, well, you know, also, it, when he first debuted, he, he got a lot bigger over time, too. Like, I yeah. know where he had, he had fluctuations, and I think that was one of the you know, problems, of course, that ultimately led to his, you know, to his death, unfortunately. But, yeah, you know, he, he, was always, uh, he was always a larger guy. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how I view the early WrestleMania is like this big spectacle spectacle get all the celebrities involved whoever we can get to make people tune in 
to what we really want them to, and that is the wrestling itself, the uh, characters that we have, the glitz and glamour of the actual WrestleMania, WrestleMania event itself. And then it kind of turned into, now look at what the fuck we do. This is how crazy we are. Look at our spectacle. We don't need celebrities to come in. Maybe an opening act as far as like... Um, national Anthem or something like you know, that. National Anthem or maybe interlude with, you know, Kid Rock. You know, those were... Uh, I, Kid, I did not like Kid Rock's... Um, Inter, you know, his mid WrestleMania show. I thought it was pretty freaking lame. But anyways, um, <laughs> Kid Rock's that's lame, where I, so. <laughs> he was he was better when he first came out, but that's besides the point. Um, but that's what it kind of I feel like where it kind of changed. It's like now we're the spectacle. Now celebrities want to be here because we can help them stay in the public eye, maybe. So that's go ahead. The, the like. It's almost like former like wrestlers are now almost the celebrities, like The Rock and Stone Cold. Like those guys showing up now is almost the celebrities instead of actual celebrities. I think that former wrestlers and stuff have become more of the celebrities to some degree. Mm-hmm. True, absolutely. So, um, Theo, you got anything you want to add before I kick it over to Darth Pat and AJ? Um, no, kind of, the, kind of the same, you know, in regards to it, and I think they kind of. <clears throat> took it to another level with the entrances you know you know they had of course the you know wherever the theme they started doing theme musics for like all pay-per-views and you know mm-hmm. wrestlemanias and they would usually have those guys perform um at the wrestlemanias who did the, did the theme music but you know they kind of like you said it was all about the wrestler so then you saw the entrances like the terminator entrance you know, Triple H had some crazy ones, and John Cena come roaring out in a, a Ford GT 500 and or 350, whichever one it was. You know, just like random crazy <laughs> entrances, like you know, things that were cool, something that was like over the top and off the wall. And then too, you know, they started going to the bigger venues. You know, the entrance they made the entrances like just more dynamic and like city themed. They were they were trying to up it and make things more bigger as far as like the scenery and how everything was. Um, everyone's viewing, you know, the the actual environment uh, around you, not just everyone crowding into like a, I don't know, a forty six thousand uh, forty six thousand seat stadium and just having some like basic WWE logo and just coming out of the entrance. <laughs> you know, they want to make everything grander and grander. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, you know, it and the mat everything changes, of course, but you know, the matches and the the type of matches they were doing and some of the stuff we got after you know a certain point some ladder matches and some new types of matches and wrestlemania things of that nature um but yeah yeah that, that, that's about it really you know okay. so aj or darth pat who wants to take it first who wants to take the ball first i'll go all right go ahead aj come on joe the wrestlemania rap by men on a mission was awesome <laughs> um, sarcasm completely <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, i'm um, waiting for darth pat to comment on that <laughs> i just have nothing i to didn't remember that say or see in regards <laughs> to that comment i remember men on a mission but i can't say i remember the rap they had That's a wrestlemania sure. rap one year yep. see, the, the, the oh, problem is and this is this is really i mean i'm not old this old to really remember this per se but whatever pat <laughs> you know, you, you, when, you, when everybody talks about like like a special like wrestling rap, I want to go back way back to that the the Wrestle Rock rap that the AWA did for one of their cards. 
Uh, you can still find that on YouTube. It's 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 hilarious, and especially when you see like Kurt Henning and Scott Hall together. I don't know. Every time it says like like a special wrestling rap, I think of that for some reason. I really don't know why, but yeah. Well, everybody. Right, so. Every time I hear about wrestling and, and some kind of music, it makes me think about Vince McMahon and the the rock and wrestling, yeah. and he looked like Disco Fever freaking <laughs> Vince McMahon. Like that's <laughs> the greatest of all time. If you want to talk about terrible stuff that was done by them. <laughs> Listen, we want to talk about raps. We have a friend who rapped with John Cena, so that's just yes. There you go. Yeah. So that's and that was at life. WrestleMania in Seattle, yep. if I'm not mistaken. So true, true story. So one of our friends now, now we had need, a rap now we battle need, with John Cena. Now we need permission to upload that to in between the podcast here, so people can see what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and not get yeah. dinged for it. Ding a ding ding ding. So AJ, so based on what. Uh, Joe and I have thrown out there anything to add as far as what you think compare I just, and contrast. Just the in ring the in ring stuff has changed a lot. So and I think the okay, other yeah. thing that the other thing that's different too is all these old WrestleManias, we were kids. So watching that WrestleMania as a kid is not the same thing as going back and watching it as an adult. <laughs> like watching sure. WrestleMania three the first time I watched it, and that was the first pay-per-view, that was like the greatest thing I've ever seen at that time. Mm-hmm. Going back and watching it now, it does seem slightly dated, and there are things about it that are not great, and there are some matches I thought were great that were not as great anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that because wrestling has evolved to I, the in-ring stuff has changed. It, it, you know, it, And I'm not... I'm not picking on Hulk Hogan specifically here. He's just an easy person. I mean, for five years from 85 to 90, he did the same shit. Like he, you know, the villain got the upper hand and then he won. Like he hulked up and won, you know, the villain did something terrible to him. Earthquake, Undertaker, they all did something terrible to him, Savage. And then he ended up winning in the end. That Mm -hmm. got old. That was, that worked then, but they couldn't keep doing that forever. You know, Pat's said stuff about, the fans turned on Hogan and stuff because he, he was doing the same thing over and over and he didn't really evolve. So, and it's not just him. It was other people too. He's just the easiest example right, to come up back, with. Right. Because back then it was the superhero mentality of wrestling. Like you yes. got to have the ultimate good guy that overcomes evil every single time at the very yeah. end, you know? So it, that it was, was that superhero was, mentality. It, it, it was also the nature of the business and that, right. you know, like the years that Matt mentioned, you had, one to four pay-per-views per year and you know hogan never like uh hogan never wrestled on wrestling challenge and superstars and all american wrestling he, you know he did i remember he wrestled once on the fourth of july against cowboy bob orton he like defended the title on a july 4th special episode but that was the only time i really yeah. remember seeing him fight on the one of the Saturdays, the weekend yeah. morning specials Right. The only time you'd ever see Hogan wrestle on TV is when they did a Saturday night's main event or the main event, which was really the same thing. <laughs> um, it just it was at a different time. Um, but, you know, like as as like the, the nature uh, as the nature of the business changed to more pay-per-views per year and then the Monday Night Wars and everything, you know, that's like when Hogan had to start freshening it up. But so, yeah. And, so, and, so what AJ says is very is very true. And, and, and also back then on those Saturday morning specials. They wrestled jobbers all the time. 
So when you start yeah. having paper, when you start having pay, 12 pay-per-views a year and you have a show on Monday nights, you can't do that anymore. So like, you can't just fight jobbers. They were like, all the matches were guys who were relevant. So that like that, that's probably the biggest thing that changed really oh, yeah. everything is when they went to Monday night raw and they had TV and they went to more pay-per-views, they couldn't do all the stuff they were doing before that anymore. Yeah. yeah. The nature of the business then was to watch the syndicated weekend shows to get the house show promotions you know because like every time you watch wrestling challenge with superstars of wrestling there would be at least a 10 minute segment with like mean gene or sean mooney or whoever in the event center talking about the big card that was going to be coming to such and such at whatever date and that's when you would get like the oh hulk hogan's gonna wrestle bad news brown and and macho man's gonna wrestle uh one man gang or you know or jake the snake's gonna wrestle ted dibiase you know so like like the actual like superstar versus superstar matches you were expected to go to a house show to see besides the uh matches and the way that they are and in the ability you know the the ability of people in the ring, anything you feel you need want to add to the evolution essentially, or what's changed in WrestleMania over the years? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the venues. That's the biggest <laughs> okay. thing. Uh, I mean, thanks to our good friends at Wikipedia, uh, you know, no, cause no, I honestly, I just feel like what's the easiest place where I could get like a list of like every WrestleMania with like their venue and their attendance. And fortunately mm-hmm. they have their, their, their real attendance or the it specifically says it specifically says it does claimed attendance, <laughs> okay. attendance. i love ninety three thousand. right so for wrestlemania 3 it's got the ninety three thousand one hundred and seventy three number okay and for but, anybody real quick real quick let me interject for anybody who's not doesn't understand what we're talking about that when we say uh the Claimed. Uh, claimed attendance that means how many tickets they sold not the actual number of people that actually showed up that day because we've been to wrestlemania and you can see empty seats for <laughs> sure yes <laughs> definitely can continue darth pat thank you sir yep. so so like you look at i mean because we, we said specifically the first 20 wrestlemanias okay so from wrestlemanias 1 to 20 the only times that they did them in stadiums were wrestlemania 3 mm-hmm. which was in the silver dome wrestlemania 6 which was in the sky dome WrestleMania 8, which was in the Hoosier Dome, and then WrestleMania's 17, 18, 19 were in the Astrodome, the Sky Dome again, and Safeco Field. So those are the ones that had, like, the huge attendance numbers. Everything else was in, like, a more traditional arena. Less than 20. WrestleMania 20, WrestleMania 20 they went back to Madison Square Garden because they said, you know, WrestleMania 1 was here, WrestleMania 10 was here, we got to go back to MSG. Right. Uh, WrestleMania's 21 and 22 were in arenas again in L.A. and Chicago. But then starting with WrestleMania 23 and moving forward, with the exception of this year because of the circumstances, it's been in stadiums. You know, Ford Field, mm-hmm. the Citrus Bowl, Reliance Stadium, Georgia Dome, Sun Life Stadium, uh, MetLife Stadium, the Superdome. Uh, so you mean the silver? You need the Silverdome? No, I mean the Superdome. <laughs> what you're saying? Mercedes Benz Superdome. <laughs> And Silverdome doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, that was one of my favorite WrestleMania moments when Hogan messed up and called it the Silverdome. <laughs> it was funny, but, but but seriously, it's like that's like the biggest thing is that they made that shift. I mean, they they were starting to do it before WrestleMania 20, but then they went back to arenas for a few years. Mm-hmm. But again, it's more than a decade now where it's been about selling out these big, huge stadiums. And like next year, 
they're scheduled to do it in SoFi Stadium, which is the new Rams Chargers Stadium out in L.A. It's, it's, it's in one of the suburbs, but it's it's L.A. So L.A. Inglewood. Um, yeah, Inglewood. Exactly. Inglewood. But, but that's but but that's the whole thing is that they they've moved from selling like out like you know your more traditional wrestling arena which will hold somewhere between like fifteen and twenty thousand to holding the stadiums where again they're all about okay like all the attendance figures here since they went to Ford Field at WrestleMania twenty three everything was above seventy thousand and of course with AT and T Stadium a few years ago they said the attendance was one hundred and one plus so. That's the big thing, too, is that they still have celebrity involvement, like you said. It's not maybe not quite as obvious, but they'll still have, like, the Floyd Mayweather or Maria Menounos or Snooki involved in matches. But I feel like the, the, uh, the venue, because that leads to a lot more, too. Like, we talked about, like, somebody mentioned mm-hmm. the entrances. Well, when you have a much bigger venue, you can do these much more grand, elaborate entrances. You can have Rusev ride in on a tank. Uh, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, cool. I, I wish the tank would have blown up. You, know, you, 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 have, you can have Triple H with like all like the like the big like Conan and King of Kings stuff that he's that he's had done. You can have Cena with like the driving the car into the into the stadium and then breaking through the glass or the like the gangster entrance or the, um, the one with, with all the, the guys, guys, all the kids dressed up like him. Yeah. All the guys dressed up like him with the, and then, and then doing the, you can't see me. And just all of that stuff is, uh, it just opens up. The, it makes it much more of a spectacle. It, it made the, it doubled the, of- it, it doubled the amount of time for the undertaker's entrance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, um, <laughs> The thing of it is, again, they, they were supposed to have done this year. You know, at, at Raymond, they were supposed to have done this year's at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, which, you know, of course, has like the pirate ship, and obviously they had a lot of the marketing, you know, like the promos, like you know, had all like that kind of like pirate imagery to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes you wonder how much they would have incorporated that into the stuff wow. uh, this year if they had been able to go through with it as planned before. That would have been cool, know, this, actually. Before before this lovely pandemic ruined all of our lives. So, supposedly, Mr. Owens wanted to jump off the boat. That so cool. he wanted to jump off the boat. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll the boat. Just, <laughs> hopefully next year they can do the WrestleMania in that stadium, which is going to be pretty much brand new still. And hopefully they can, you know, they can make it cool. But uh, yeah, so that's what it is. You know, the venue just leads to it being much more of a spectacle. It's uh, and like we said, with the changing in the business, the fact mm-hmm. that you have 12 or more really pay-per-views per year, even though they're not technically pay-per-views since, you know, if you don't have the network, why are you bothering? <laughs> but um, they still obviously go all out to make WrestleMania stand out and make it feel yeah. more special than every other show. At, at least everyone, I feel like just about everyone in the last, like, there's always one or two matches, at least, even if the WrestleMania was a stinker. Usually there's at least one or two matches that you can say, OK, this match was good. So it wasn't a complete other than Lawrence Taylor one, which tends to fall at the bottom of the list of WrestleManias when they're ranked. Other than that one, most of the other ones have at least one or two matches where you can say, oh, well, this match like WrestleMania eight. I didn't like mm-hmm. a lot, but Savage and Flair kind of saved that WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah there was so. there's, there's Wrestle, WrestleMania eight is the definition of a two match card. <laughs> yeah, this, the Savage, the, the Savage Flair match. And the Bret Hart Roddy Piper match. 
Everything yeah. else on that is is very mad. There's a couple okay matches, and then there's a couple of really bad matches. So yeah. So I just uh, wanna... WrestleMania, WrestleMania 10 was a lot like that too. WrestleMania 10 was just Brett Owen and Sean Razor, and everything else was pretty eh. Yeah. Brett so winning I the title wanna... at the end was nice, but. So I just want to wrap it up, and I want to say one other thing about the celebrities. The one other thing that I can say about celebrities in regards to WrestleMania is it's more about finding the celebrities in the crowd too now, like the actual celebrities that are there to watch the event, that are actually part of the crowd True. and engaging in the the spectacle. Instead of part of being part of the spectacle, they're watching the spectacle happen, um, That's a which good is point. really, really cool. That's a good point. So Yeah, so uh, it's a way to make them say like, hey, they're just like you. Yep. They're a part of the WWE universe, you know, so yeah. yeah. All right. So that leads us into our stumper question, <gasps> which our good friend Theo has a stumper question for us this week. <coughs> and I'm hoping to God that I might know the answer. Because that would be wonderful to know the answer to one of these stumper questions. Okay. Since Pat is on Wikipedia, he's not allowed to click on anything I'm... to the five minutes. <laughs> I want to see your hands up. <laughs> we'll keep them in here a, in a praying in a praying get out of your pants yes. Pat no 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 this, this is my contempl- this is my contemplative pose okay that's it that's it <laughs> I don't have I had something but I can't I can't I don't want to say it <laughs> I was waiting for it I know I'm not going to say it or, okay, or, or I'll do the Mr. Burns here you know yeah, I was gonna go with that, but I was gonna do. I was gonna be dirty about it, so I'm gonna leave it go. <laughs> okay, on to the on to on to the question. <clears throat> Which WrestleMania had zero men's single matches? I do know the answer to that. I want to say, was it WrestleMania? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot. WrestleMania 14. Was it WrestleMania 14? I'll plug that in as your final answer. Yes. I have a feeling I was wrong. 14. Okay. Okay, evidently I don't know yet. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the other two to plug their final answers. Uh, Pat didn't say anything, so I have a feeling I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm a little concerned about that. (laughs) He didn't make fun of you, so you might be wrong. He didn't make fun of me. I'm waiting for AJ to... I'll say WrestleMania 2000. I don't know. All right, Darth Pat. Since you said you know the answer, I'm waiting to see. Uh Uh-oh. It was WrestleMania 2000. Oh, WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. So, I just guessed. That was a complete guess by me on that one. I pulled so, that one out of my ass. And that was WrestleMania, what, 20? That was, that was 16. So that was, oh, was off by two. Man in it. That, yeah, so you were close. That's why I wasn't that was making money. Um, <laughs> but that was, the, that was the main event of the McMahon in every corner. Right, yep. Ah, uh, yes. The only I was... singles match in that WrestleMania was a women's match. I, and not, and I not actually, even a good woman's match. I I have I actually have Y2J Angle and Benoit written down because of the two out of three falls match where each title Angle lost both titles. <laughs> oh yes yes. So he, he lost, in he separate lost, falls. He lost both titles in separate falls without taking the pin yes. in either fall. That match was really good too. So and I don't like Benoit, but I'm gonna give the credit. That match was really good. Yeah. yeah and so, I, and so like. So, so the main event again was the the four way elimination match with the McMahon in every corny, corner. Corny, corny. You, you had you had that, and it was also terrible because it was the first time a heel left WrestleMania as the champion. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you had, again, like the Angle Benoit Jericho two fall match. You had the Edge and Christian Dudley Boys Hardy Boys. Right. Not TLC ladder match. match ladder match. Triangle, yeah. triangle ladder match. Uh, and then, like, the rest of the matches were Kane and Rikishi against the Road Dog and X Pac. China and Too Cool against Malenko, Guerrero, and Saturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Snow and Steve Blackman against Test and Albert. The Godfather and D'Lo Brown against the Big Boss Man and Bobby wow. Cannon. There really was yeah, a lot of tag royal. team matches there. Yep. Jesus. Yep. And then it was uh, this hardcore title battle royal, which had like yeah. pretty much everybody else who wasn't on the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the women's match, like you said, it was a it wasn't even again like a straight women's match in that sense. It was a cat fight match between <laughs> ter- ter- Terry Terry Runnels and the cat, where Val Venus was the special referee. Yeah. And and the funny thing about that too was. The the story, if you will, going into that match was how fabulous Mula had had turned on May Young because she she got all disgusted with all the May Young giving birth to a hand stuff and everything. So <laughs> she she yes. turned on her best friend May, and it was just like it was one of those things where it was like, Jesus Christ, is Russo still writing this shit? I, I, I felt bad for Mark Henry being part of the whole May Young giving birth to yeah. the hand thing. Oh, I kind of felt bad for him for that. That was, yeah, a, there was that was just terrible. Oh, I don't know how he, he got guys, but, uh, into that. But I remember he, I was reading. It was sexual chocolate, so. Yes, but I was reading about that WrestleMania 16, which was WrestleMania 2000. Uh, I was reading about that. That's why I was like, I couldn't remember exactly like I was like, because 13 is the own uh, is the Bret Hart Stone Cold match yeah. that is one of those iconic matches, and I watched that match recently. Um, so I was like, okay, I know it's not 13 because I know there was that singles match there, so it was, it was a third 14. So uh, at least I'm getting a little bit better on this whole stumper question. <laughs> I, I guessed. I guessed. So I guessed. On hey, that sometimes one. you guess right, and that's better than guessing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, all right. So that is our stumper question. So that was a good one, Joe. Another good one. Crazy that WrestleMania 16 or WrestleMania 2000, <laughs> as they dubbed it, um, is was that heavy was completely no singles matches except for the women's match which it's is triple threats ridiculous. you know it was, four ways tag teams it's not a it's like, not a it's not a top tier wrestlemania ranking wise no. either and so. you wonder why the hell would they even think about doing that not having one good singles match <laughs> for guys or girls no, you know I, why would they not i think they, they kind of did that because it was you know 2000 2000 is you know <laughs> Big, you know, for, people for thought what, the it, internet was going to break and the time was going to get screwed up. So I think they were trying to like do something very outlandish yeah. for that WrestleMania. It seemed like it seemed like they couldn't make a decision as to which way they wanted to go with like say like a one-on-one feud. Yeah. Did you? So, so here's another interesting thing about WrestleMania: is did any of you guys notice that they stopped actually giving WrestleMania's numbers recently? Like they just call them WrestleMania. Instead of like WrestleMania 35 or WrestleMania 36, they just say it's WrestleMania, and you have yeah, to remember the number. I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, I did notice that. Well, they, they stopped. They did. They did stop using the Roman numerals. Yes, which they definitely stopped. did that. It always kind of bothered me. Yes, it bothers uh, me too. But, I like the yeah, Roman numerals. I, I I do know what you're referring to, Jeremy. <laughs> and if I recall, I've seen something about that on internet sites mm-hmm. in. I don't remember how long ago it was, but basically the reason, and please start mocking this as soon as I say it, the reason why they've stopped referring to it by numbers 
you know, that they don't say like WrestleMania 36 is coming up, you know, is because Vince thinks that attaching the number to it makes it sound old. Yeah, and that's what I heard, and I think that's freaking ridiculous and hel- and hilarious at the same point at and the same like, time. Like, come no, on, like, <laughs> Vince, it, uh... makes it, it makes it it makes it sound timeless. Nobody yes. bitches that they're referring to Super Bowl Fifty Five being gonna, is going to be played this this coming year. Yeah, nobody could you imagine. Could yeah, you nobody... imagine to be calling the Super Bowl? Watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I mean, which yeah, Super Bowl no, are we watching? <laughs> right, no, nobody, nobody complains about that. You have to have a way to identify it when you have wow. something. What I this... really think it shows is that you know, as much as Vince always wants to say, "I'm never going to die," he is a guy he's who's getting up die. there. He is a guy who's getting up there now, and he's coming fa- closer to his own mortality. And so, it's probably just shows that he is a fear of dying. Which, hey, I get. I'm afraid to die too. But this, it's, this is the it's, same. It, it's like it's like the dumbest way to acknowledge it. This yeah. is the guy that just uh, banned them from being on third party stuff too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that's a story I, for another day, but that is so. I know. I just I just threw that in there, not no, 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 need to expound it, on it. it, it I just it show, threw it that in how, there. Shows how stupid and out of touch he is. Yeah, it's getting nuts. All right. So besides Vince being old and crazy, um, <laughs> except he's actually been in a bunch. He's actually been gotten his butt whipped in a few WrestleManias too. Yeah, those were always fun to watch. Uh, let's move into our next uh, topic, and that is. What was one single moment that captivated you the most over the years? And it might be, you know, you could have more than one, but what is definitely one moment, um, AJ, for you that has really captivated you with WrestleMania? Brock ending the streak. Okay. That is, I was, that's a I tough moment for me to swallow that, the, him breaking the streak. I know why it happened. Like, cause I've heard the Undertaker talk about it, but most people were not happy that night. I was so let me, let me... thirty six WrestleManias. That's what <laughs> captivated you the most from a kid to. An I adult. mean, recently, um, I would say, as a kid, I liked, and this is this is gonna be corny and cheesy coming from me, but I did like <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior Savage match, and I liked when Elizabeth came out after the match and beat up Sherry and then they got married. Like I thought that was cool when I was a kid. I liked that as a kid. Yeah, you know, see, I, and I, I didn't, I didn't and, see that WrestleMania. So I don't, I, I remember oh, yeah. maybe from watching like Saturday night's main event or something like that, where they replayed those kind of things, but I never saw that live. And warrior beating Hogan too. That, that, that's the other one. Warrior beating Hogan. That, that one for me was, I was very was, excited after that. Was that the WrestleMania where the phantom clothesline happened? Like the phantom double clothesline? Like they fell like almost a foot from each other? Uh, that, could have been, that, that could have been in the Royal Rumble that year too because they did double clothesline each other in the Rumble also. I just remember seeing that. And I was like, what? That was when That was when, as a kid I looked at it and I said, oh my God, it's not real. Because like, at that time. <laughs> it was and, your shining moment. <laughs> yeah, that was my shining moment to say, oh my God. Wrestling's fucking fake. Like, oh my god, they didn't actually hit each other because up until that moment, I still had that discipline, that uh, that belief in that these guys are really beating the shit out of each other. Um, 
you know, and not to say that wrestling's fake because guys really do get hurt and some guys really do get punched in the face sometimes or kicked in the gut and, or balls or, you know, whatnot. But that was the time that I was like, oh, my God, they didn't actually hit each other. They just fell like a foot from each other. Like let, that was kind of crazy. Let somebody I don't want to take I don't want to take other people's thing. So, like, let somebody else go and say okay. some. So. So I just want to mention the the, the Brock um, beat breaking the streak thing and um and you guys probably know this, and I don't know if our listeners know this, but in the beginning of that match, Undertaker got a concussion like almost immediately into the beginning of that match. Yeah. And so he was fucking gone from the beginning of that match. How he continued to wrestle in that match, having a concussion, I don't know. I mean, but he discussed that, and he just felt like it, like it was hit. It was time to break the streak. As far as I understand it from what The Undertaker has said, that was not a Vince McMahon decision. That was his decision right. on that day in the ring to say, okay, I'm fucked up, and why not let somebody else have break the streak, and why not? Because he's him friends with Brock. Really good friends. Him and Brock, yeah. yeah. So, so I said, why not? I'll let Brock have it. You know, it'll be okay. Because so, it was what it was. Essentially, that's the second time that The Undertaker did a match because he definitely got hurt when he – got his leg caught on the ropes against Shawn Michaels too. And he continued that match. <laughs> oh yeah. Where he like uh, you, you almost killed where, himself. Uh, you mean where uh Sim Snuka didn't catch him properly? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he definitely wrestled a good chunk of that match hurt or whatever the fuck was going on with him there. All right. I'm going to kick it to Darth Pat, Darth Pat, a memorable moment that captivated you. <laughs> what would it be? Well, yeah. I mean, I actually wasn't old enough at the time to have really seen it when it first happened. Uh, but, you know, Hogan body slamming Andre was definitely a moment. Uh, and even not having seen it live, I, mean, I was still like a little too young uh, at that point, especially to also be ordering the pay-per-views. <laughs> um, but it was still, even then, it was still like a moment that they would show endlessly Mm-hmm. on replay on all the shows and everything and just the sight of him you know picking up andre and slamming him and everything was 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 a sight so you know it was it was kind of like always the big moment kind of thing um it is i knew you were gonna say that that's why i did it yeah so yeah um i mean another moment for me the first pay-per-view i ever did commence my parents to order was wrestlemania 6 so the hogan warrior match and seeing Hogan lose, hey, it kind of just shows, you know, hey, he's, he's, he's not invincible. and He doesn't always win, you know, because, like, the only time I'd ever seen Hogan lost was when he lost the title to Andre. But obviously that was, you know, there was the screw job and the referee and his shoulder was up. So, like, I never felt like he actually lost that match, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but so it was like the, it was again. It was it was supposed to be the uh, passing the torch moment too, which it just it didn't happen for whatever reason. Whether Here. Vince didn't have faith in the warrior or whatever the case was, but um, I mean, it was it was obviously supposed to supposed to be that moment as well. So that one always kind of stuck with me too because it was also it was always it was also kind of a feeling it was like the beginning of the end for Hogan for Hogan. So okay. There, Here's a crazy thing about that match. I don't know if I've told you guys this before the, like when the Iron Man match happened, the longest WrestleMania match until the Iron Man match happened was ultimate warrior and Hulk Hogan. That was the longest. It was like 22 and a half minutes. That was the longest match until WrestleMania 12 when the That's Iron it. Man match happened. And I would have not guessed that. Neither would I. I, 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 
If I yeah yeah if you, if you were gonna tell me what was the longest WrestleMania match before the Iron Man match, my first guess probably would have been Brett Owen from Ten. Yeah, so that's I, I or, saw or that maybe, somewhere. Or maybe, or, or, or maybe Savage Flair from Eight. So yeah, so, yeah that's yeah. that's that match is doesn't didn't seem like it was that long, but it was like twenty two and a half or twenty three minutes. So I wonder if we go back and watch that match. I wonder how many rest holds there were. <laughs> <laughs> Both, both, both guys were uh, guilty of it. Were were limited in, in the way they could do. <laughs> and I mean, well, here's here's the thing. Warrior, we know, was limited, and Hogan just <laughs> he only ever worked that certain style. So yeah, yeah. There, there's a, a very there, there's a very high percentage chance there could be more rest holds in that 22 minute match than the 60 minute Iron Man match. There's a very high possibility. <laughs> And you got to remember, it's like you, you don't really, you don't really have two like light athletic guys in there. You have two really muscle guys in there. So. Yeah. And we do, but the one thing we can say about wrestles back then is they looked at like you were trying to do something to them. They yeah. didn't look like no, they taking a break them. from the match. Right. <laughs> it's a match. They actually look, they, they, they actually look painful. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah. not anymore. It, it's, it's definitely a rest hold now. <laughs> I mean, well, see, yeah. that was one Fired. thing that uh, you guys could mock me for this, but. One thing that I always felt Hogan actually did well was like when a, when the bad guy got him in a submission hold, Hogan always made it look like it was painful. No, you're right. I, I'm not going to mock you for that. I, that's something he was good at, definitely. Yeah. So. Yep. All right, Theo, what you got? <clears throat> All right, so <laughs> I'm taking this captivating question in a different direction because okay. it's just um, when I just think of that, I just think of it in a different terms. So. Um, being a kid watching wrestling, the Saturday shows, and watching the old NWA, WCW stuff as well at that time as watching WWF. Um, I think what got me to watch in wrestling more was WrestleMania. And it, the captivating part is having something so grand, you know, a, a first ever pay-per-view, you know, um, showcasing the best of the best how they, you know, they advertised it as far as the WrestleMania went and having the celebrities on there, people of celebrities singing the national anthem and other people being like in matches or whatever the case may be in some capacity. Um, and just the way the cameras had it and, 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 you know, you were able to really see the matches and like i said in other podcasts you know they sold things better they made it a more true story in the ring and in the 80s it was all about you know storytelling in the ring no matter how athletic you were or how athletic you weren't so that i mean that whole style and and just the commentary too that's another thing i'm bringing about about uh, wrestlemania's is the commentary and that's definitely changed over the years in regards how that's how that's done um as far as commenting is concerned, because in the eighties there was, there was, you know, girl monsoon was great. You know, the other people who was with uh, Jesse Ventura was great. And it was, you know, they, they had good banter back and forth. And I believe a lot of the guys you listened to in the eighties were very good at telling the story that was going on in the ring too. So for me, you know, that's, that's me as far as captivating, catching me, making me invest into your show and making me want to, watch WrestleMania the next year and see what you guys do. And then the following year. And then when you have certain guys you follow, like Hogan, Savage, Warrior, 
um, the Hart Foundation, the British Bulldogs, the Killer Bees, Can-Am Connection, you know, some people that I liked growing, you know, growing up in that time, you know, makes me want to see if they're going to be in WrestleMania and, and, you know, see what what's coming next. And unfortunately, I have to say I was able to watch all of them for free because my dad worked with a guy who used to make cheater boxes for the cable boxes. So we get all the pay-per-views that, you know, um, that came out and I got to watch them and HBO and Showtime and all that back in the day. And that's when I released actually kind of going off subject, but that's when I really started getting into boxing as well. Cause I used to get to watch all the boxing yeah. pay-per-views at some point. But yeah, I mean, for me, that's, that's, it's not like a, a yeah. Hogan slamming giant is like a historic event in WrestleMania. The Savage Steamboat mat is a, match is a historic point. You know, Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior, and when Rick, Rick Flair came over, there's a lot of good matches in the first 10 years of being a kid that, you know, captivate you to keep you watching it. I'm not really going to sing a lot of certain matches, a lot of different matches, a lot of different mm. things that happened in that time frame that keep you coming back for more to see what's going to happen the next year. Um, yeah. So that's what it kind of means to me as far as investing my time into your product. Yeah. And I can say for me, um, because I watched it, like I did not watch WrestleManias when I was a kid. Um, you know, my, my parents were not going to pay for that stuff. Um, you know, my, nobody I knew got that's got any of that. I remember going over to my uncle and watching like SummerSlam and maybe, um, watching, at Thanksgiving, a Survivor Series around Thanksgiving, right there on Thanksgiving weekend, um, because he had the cheater boxes too. Like, he, yep. so we would <laughs> occasionally we'd go over there and it'd be like right, it'd be a Sunday, you know, when the wrestling was on, it'd be like, oh, and he'd always have it on. He wouldn't necessarily be watching, but he would have it on. So I would sit there and watch. I'd be like, oh my god, this is awesome, you know. Yeah. And I can remember that because that was I was probably ten between ten and thirteen at that time. Um, but for me, and and that's why I remember like Hogan and, and all those guys wrestling because I'd watch it on a Saturday and all that. But for me, what really captivated me and actually brought me back into wrestling um, before I met AJ uh, and became really good friends with him and wa- started watching all the freaking time then um, was really we had back- no choice with him. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was for me, oh, it was. Oh, so what I'm saying, AJ, is when we met you, you always watched every pay-per-view. Oh, so if you become yeah. friends with you, you had no choice. You were watching wrestling at some point. If we hung okay. you were coming over to my, okay. if you were coming over I to your understand. house, we were watching wrestling. I understand. <laughs> yeah, you didn't I force us, but so. if you said if you're coming over, wrestling's going to be on, and guess what? You're watching it. <laughs> um, but for me, it was uh, WrestleMania, and this was the first time that the. It was actually not The Rock in Austin's first one. It was actually the WrestleMania before that where Austin fought um, Shawn Michaels and Mike Tyson was involved in it because that was the big switch in that whole at the very end where Tyson Tyson actually turned on D-Generation X and Austin wins the belt. And then they celebrate with the beer like that was the moment like that was one of those moments for me that really captivated me back into wanting to watch because then i was like okay i like austin i enjoy his thing i find dx funny because that was i think also when dx expanded beyond just triple h and Shawn michaels i believe they had the new age outlaws at that time they well they Uh, added them in right after michael's loss because he went away because he was hurt right. right so you had new people in there you had the rock who 
I think was leaving the nation of domination uh, right around that time or was slow or was slowly getting kicked out of that or and moving on to his real big singles career and push and that. And I loved I, I've always loved the rock since the moment I saw him as the rock, not Rocky Maivia, but as the rock. <laughs> It was like I like this guy. This guy's got something special, and I and I and I'm gonna watch him all the time. So that's what really captivated me was that WrestleMania to bring me back into the wrestling on a pretty full time basis until about probably 2002, 2003. Then I stopped watching again until I met uh, AJ, which was probably around what, what 2000, 2005, so 2005. So yeah, there was about a two maybe three year law where I didn't watch again, and then. I've kind of been on that law again, be just because I, I, for some reason, I can't watch wrestling without fans. Like I need that those fans there to to watch it. It makes the show for me personally just more fun to watch. So I kind of been on a law just because lull, just because not on a law on a lull, <laughs> <laughs> because it's just it's not as interesting without the fans for me. So, but yeah, but it's been good. I've enjoyed enjoyed WrestleManias, even when there's stinker matches, and there's been quite a few stinker matches. <laughs> WrestleMania three definitely hooked me. So I mean that that mm-hmm. hooked me from there. I've been watching it ever since. Yeah. So so the Hogan Andre moment as a kid was definitely that's probably the that's the most iconic moment in wrestling probably that I've seen. So was and that. I, and there is somebody, and I can't remember who it was, that was so pissed that they made it such a big deal that Hogan slammed Andre because he's like, I slammed Andre before Hogan did. Who the hell was that? I, Darth Pat, do you remember who might have mentioned that? Was it Harley Race, maybe? Oh, God. Oh, I, I can't, can't remember off it. the top. Of, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know, I think Hogan had actually slammed him once before WrestleMania three, like mm-hmm. when Hogan was in his first WWF run and he was a, he was a bad guy being managed by Freddie Blassie. But yeah, there, there, there was, uh, for some what? reason I'm saying it, like Tony Atlas is, is in my head, but I, it might be him. I, I really don't. He was definitely strong enough to be capable of that. Yeah. yeah. I just remember somebody, maybe not necessarily upset, but like made a point to say, I definitely slammed Andre before Hogan did, and it became this big thing. Well, um, I actually just I actually just found an article on, on Cultaholic, which is mm-hmm. a. Yeah, I know who that is. I know who that is. He He has top 10 lists and stuff. Yeah, they actually have it 10 times. Andre the Giant was body slammed before WrestleMania 3. Once was in 1972 by a guy named Strong Kobayashi. That was not him. Uh, another time in 1972 by Butcher Vachon. Interesting. Uh, here, 1978 by Harley Race. Okay, I, so, yeah, it definitely was Harley Race that I remember mentioning that. Because, yeah. you know, Harley Race has got, from what I understand, has, has quite the pride, ego deal going on, so... All right. Yeah. So, uh, and then Hulk Hogan in 1980, like I said, oh, Stan Hansen, the Wild Samoans did a double team body slam on him. Ken Patera and Bobby Duncan did a body slam team on him. Kamala body slammed him. So a lot of uh, people. <laughs> Antonio, Antonio, Antonio Inoki, and then Otto Vons. So then it really wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> it, 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 it was, though, because without, like, kind of, like, going into the detail for each individual one of these, uh, I don't think any of those other times happened in a WWF ring. Yeah, you know, it was all. Well, okay, the Hogan one did. The Hogan one at the Shea Stadium match in 19. The other thing too is, at but like everything times, else was it was either Japan or AWA or Mid South or. Uh, Andre was a lot younger and a lot 
not more agile. He was a lot thinner. Yeah, <laughs> weighed like a 19, lot less than he 19, did. Yeah, 1972, 1978, Andre was not 1987, Andre, in terms of his weight. So it, it still took you know a lot to for Hogan to do it. And and again, like you know, a double team body slam was kind of a cop out too. So so let's jump into um and for just so everybody knows we are not too far away from the mount rushmore which is the mount rushmore of our favorite wrestlemania match of all time um so but before we jump into that i want to talk about other wrestlemania matches maybe get one or two matches that we really kind of remember like was really just awesome an awesome match maybe just really sticks in our minds as creative or maybe talk about an entrance like for me one of the worst entrances i can remember is uh triple h's mad max entrance that was that that entrance as cool as it was looked like it was going to be it i I agree with much of the the bullshit theatrical stuff and it was like minimal on the actual i'm coming to the ring now like it was all the um cinematic stuff that was before it was like oh my god they drugged us out freaking too long like now this is the undertaker's entrance and the undertaker all he does is walk to the ring and his entrance is long you're making your entrance long because you want to show us a 10 minute vignette before you actually enter the ring thank you because now i'm bored (laughs) but then on the other hand you have his ring entrance which was the terminator entrance which was really fucking cool yeah, with the with the freaking the all the the dead uh, robot heads that he had uh, that he held up. I mean, the one cool thing that about the cool. Mad Max entrance was the fact that for once in recent years, I actually thought Stephanie McMahon looked really really hot because she had <laughs> she had like just the way her just her whole getup, like everything that her appearance on that entire like she looked really really hot. Because I'm not a big Stephanie McMahon fan. I don't think she's all that, you know, she is, she's average to me, but she looked really, really good that day. But there's been a lot of good entrances, and I'm sure we could talk about a million of them. But um, Theo, why don't, you, yes. why don't you tell us, like, maybe one or two matches that really kind of stick out in your mind as far as WrestleMania matches that, or anybody, anybody can just throw a match. Why don't we just go with anybody? Somebody throw a match out there, and we'll just kind of talk about it. Edge and Foley in the hardcore match. Oh, I love that match. Foley lights the table, gets lit on fucking fire. <laughs> Lita lit the table and he speared him. That was bad. That was some badass shit when that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I um, didn't get to see that one live. Oh, uh, that was a really cool match because you could tell that Foley, you could tell that, that, that actually really hurt because you see Foley when he hits the table and the and it lights his arm hair on fire. He's like, oh, and he just shakes his arms. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what I expected. No. The the first the first money in the bank. The specifically the first one. That's the one that Edge won. That's the one where Shelton ran up the ladder. That was cool as shit. So um, oh, yes. yes, yes, I remember that. Yep, yep. A lot of the money in the bank matches were good. I remember Shelton. I very much remember Shelton running up the ladder because I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, because the one ladder was on the ropes. Well, yeah, the, the one ladder was standing up in the middle of the ring. The other ladder was against the ropes, was on top of the ropes, as well as in between, like, the rung of one of the, the ladder in the middle of the ring, right? That yeah, was, he's, yeah, that was fucking nuts. And I, I think the, the year after that is when Mr. Kennedy did his, like, Green Bay drop thing on Hornswoggle off the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was sweet, too. 
Oh man, poor old Hornswoggle. Uh, I would say that advocates that for like... the beating up of little people. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's only because it was Hornswoggle. His his character was annoying as hell. No, I like watching Marco Stunt get beat up too. Oh, <laughs> okay. So all right, never mind. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, sorry. God damn, he doesn't belong in a wrestling ring. God damn. <laughs> Dubbed the unofficial TLC match from WrestleMania 2000, which Edge and Chris and the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. Now, was that their first TLC match? Was that WrestleMania, right? Yep. No, that, yeah. that technically wasn't considered a TLC match. It was, that was a ladder match. I it know, but I said the unofficial still... TLC because <laughs> it, they brought this shit out after the fact. It, it was billed as a ladder match, but they involved the other stuff, which I think is what inspired them to say, hey, yeah. we can go a step further, which they did at SummerSlam and then reprised it at the final. Yeah. The, the one at the TLC2 was, was really awesome. That's the one where Ed Spears Jeff off of where he's hanging with the with the belt. That's yeah. That was a really cool That's finish. Cool. Yeah, oh, yes. and then... When you, yeah, and he had involvement from Lita and Ryan Owens. Yes, up. yes. Everybody that got involved in that match, that was one of the few times when it was it, it like it made sense. Yeah. So in that match, when you when you watch that back and you see that in slow mo and you see Edge's head just like snap like a freaking twig, <laughs> like back and forth. He admits well, at way, that moment he lost consciousness and was concussed. The way Edge sold that was was great too. That's that's and that is one of the more in memorable moments just like like after he does it like seeing him kind of like himself kind of like recoil from the impact of it and everything he sold that perfectly we brock and kurt we have to talk about brock and kurt right oh, yeah of course you do <laughs> botched, the botched botched the... shooting star yeah. we all we all kind of knew it was coming we did we just didn't know uh, he was gonna almost kill himself uh, I mean, if he was too far away, if, yeah. if if he hits that, that might be their best WrestleMania match ever. If he hits that, because that match that was clean. fabulous already. If he hits oh, that yeah. clean, that probably would have been the best WrestleMania match I've ever seen. It, it, it was already lingering there. If he hits that clean, like um, that was before like I like really knew any of you guys when that match occurred, but I. I did order that one. Probably was mostly because of the Hogan Vince match, but um, also because I was really counting on seeing Booker T beat Triple H. That's <laughs> my uh, yeah, I know. Also my that's also my favorite WrestleMania. WrestleMania 19. That is my favorite um, WrestleMania. So, but I, I kind of remember telling my dad. I said, like when he was starting to go to the outside, I'm like, oh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. My dad's like, what? I said, remember that move Kidman always did? He's like. Oh, that like upside down flip. I'm like, yeah, the shooting star press. I said, he's gonna freaking do it now. The, the one that watched, and, and then we watched as he almost killed himself. The, the one that Evan Bourne just botched this weekend. Really? Oh, Evan God. Bourne botched a shooting star press. Yeah, he's, his foot slipped when he was about to jump, and it just, yeah. Oh, it man. Was, you know, After, I, I, I like Evan. I, I liked Evan Bourne, but I always do remember having the feeling that he was kind of sloppy. He that was his his not to real quick. That was his. He comes into this match. It's a battle royal, and that's the first thing he does is jump up to do it, and he slips and falls. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the was, way to make your presence known. It was it was almost like the Taskmaster all over again. He slipped and fell. 
<laughs> or the Shockmaster, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Shockmaster. <laughs> Don't worry, we know who you're talking about. I was going to say, how, how dare you denigrate the name of Kevin Sullivan? He's going to come haunt your dreams now. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's because Finn Balor stole his finisher from Kevin Sullivan. He, he's going to come haunt your dreams, and he's going to constantly be talking to you about the socks. Uh, how the socks are terrible this year. Well, just well, just this little side note. Kevin Sullivan has a very high praise of himself, though no, no, most <laughs> other people don't think so. Yeah, he thinks much. he's quite the fucking this is amazing true. wrestler and, and psychologist of wrestling. <laughs> he was um, a really good Booker man, right, Brian Pillman? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, Sullivan's better than you guys are giving him credit for, but yeah, he he like a lot of guys does think more of himself than he probably was. Like, like he doesn't have any outside perspective. It's like listening. That's... It's like if you ever it's like if you ever go listen to Ole Anderson, you mm-hmm. know, give a shoot interview anytime in the last ten years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't know much about Kevin Sullivan, so I don't really have that kind of opinion about him. I just I've heard him talk about himself and it's like wow you really think highly of yourself that's My, that's awesome <laughs> well 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 all i can really say to that is if, if you ever listen to either eric bischoff or tony Giovanni's podcast with conrad thompson they both put over a lot about how much he was like really running things backstage and how he booked a lot of stuff that was really successful so they'll they'll put sullivan over to a to a good extent so j- just just so you know it's not just him that's all i'm saying yeah no I, and that's fine that's no problem i just thought it was funny i always find people who talk highly of themselves kind of intriguing i'm like okay well that's your opinion of yourself <laughs> yeah so, you know it's yeah. nothing wrong with having a high opinion of yourself um but uh, you, you need other people need to back that up, just not you. <laughs> um, so, oh man, what's another match that I have? Really I have the heist of the century with Seth Rollins written down. So the heist of the century, you kind of threw me off with that. Uh, he um, came in to cash in the money in the bank when Roman and Brock were fighting. Yeah, oh. we, we were talking about that a little bit last night. If you were coolest one of that, as much as I like. Dolph Ziggler's cash-in is my favorite cash-in of all time, but Seth Rollins is probably the best one just because of when he did it and when it happened and stuff. So, Yeah. I like cash-ins uh, at WrestleMania. Yeah. I think those are good. Mm-hmm. Me well, and Joe would have been really happy if Dolph would have cashed in at 29, right, Joe? It would have been spectacular. <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't, um, isn't Rollins still the only one that's ever been done at WrestleMania? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. And his was just nobody saw it coming, so his was cool because nobody was thinking that at that time. So they, yeah, I they. Think, I think, and I'm, I'm sorry, AJ, I didn't mean to interrupt. Like, no, uh, that's okay. Um, I think that's a Vince thing. He doesn't want to take away from the championship matches at WrestleMania, which I don't really think you're taking anything away from them, unless it's like because there's no long drawn out um, feuds anymore that have been going on for six months. So you're not really taking away anything from WrestleMania main event matches anymore. So it was, it was actually a decent match between Roman and Brock before Seth got involved for those guys. It actually was pretty decent, like for them. Yeah. So, yeah. And I do want to talk about the undertaker Brock Lesnar match a little bit, because that was actually a really good match. And I think that was one of the last matches that we got to see Brock Lesnar not do 10,000 belly to back (laughs) suplexes and did other stuff. 14 Germans, 1400 German suplexes. Yeah. (laughs) Like he actually did other stuff, you know, he, and, and I can't, 
I'm sorry. Like, I know, AJ, you love Brock Lesnar, but I cannot get over the fact that he essentially, you know, people criticize John Cena for having the five moves of doom, but yet Brock <laughs> Lesnar has fucking two moves. He literally does two moves and punches and kicks. But like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's Brock Lesnar now. What about right. Brock Lesnar the first time around? He was more than capable of other stuff then. So it's like right. there's two different versions of him. And I still more, I still more remember that. The version of Brock Lesnar, I when I started liking him, he was that version. So right. I'm not going to, when he comes back and he's become a spectacle where he beats the shit out of people and does 15 F5s. I love the F5, so if I get to see that five times, I'm okay with it because that's one of my favorite finishers of all time. But he does. He's a spectacle, and he doesn't do anything crazy anymore. And, 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 and that's what it's become. He's a spectacle now. So. Right. And I, and I get that, and and I can respect him wanting to preserve his body and stuff like that, not do anything nuts, so to say. Um, I just wish we'd see more out of him. I mean, he, you know, he and, did almost die at WrestleMania one year, and he probably thought better of stuff from that moment on. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I mean, we, I we, my we, forehead we, was we, not a good idea. <laughs> we never did get a second attempt at the shooting star, so. I mean, no, you have to admit, though, was, he did, he, he did, he did, rest, he did wrestle, God, I can't speak, he did wrestle pretty well in the Royal Rumble. So, I mean, he did some F5 and stuff, but, you know, some of those guys, actually, he did some things in there that made him, he did some work. Which well, was, he jumped. Didn't he jump off Biggie's back and clothesline? That was cool. Like he did. Yeah. He did a couple of cool things. So yeah, he did something a little bit out of his I, I normality. Think, I think Vince tells him go out and do this. He's also fallen into the Vince pigeonhole where he's like, "This is all you're doing. Go out and do this, and that's it." Just like Brock Vince did to John Cena. Yeah, Vince. <laughs> Vince did that to Cena for years. Just go out and do this, and then Cena eventually said, "Screw you, Vince. I'm fighting Kevin Owens, and I'm fighting CM Punk. I can't just do the five moves of Doom anymore. I need to be able to do other stuff." And Cena did. He he his you know expanded his you know repertoire by quite a bit when he had to fight those guys. The famous so. are off the the top rope. Um, <laughs> the the. Not so good drop kick that he does. Uh, it's not very. It's it's okay, because <laughs> um, he kind of drop kicks guys in like the chest, stomach area. <laughs> um, but you know it. You know, Cena. It, it's one of those things where, you know, you watch matches over the year, WrestleMania matches, whatever matches you want to go to, and right, you are going to see essentially five moves that he does every match, but. If you look at every wrestler, there are certain moves that they do every freaking match. It's just what killed Cena, and we've t we've said this before, is that he didn't go heel again. So people got sick of him being the good guy superhero, and that's when they labeled him, you only got five moves, you, you can't wrestle, all these other things, because <laughs> he didn't go heel. And we know that's going to save Roman Reigns' career. We we know that already that it's going to save his career. We talked about his, that before. Absolutely. His matches with The Rock were Cena's Rock matches with The Rock. The one me and Joe saw was pretty good. I think the one the year before the The Rock won was better. But his matches with The Rock were pretty good. Like those that yeah. that two two match group was pretty good. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the other matches that really sticks out to me for WrestleMania matches is Rock Hogan. Like that is. 
you know, yeah, historically, historically, his, like historically, when you look at that match, granted, it is not the greatest wrestling match <laughs> by either guy on either end, you know, because Hogan's limited. The Rock's only going to do so much because he's got his movie career, which he's not going to try and risk his, you know, being. And, you know, he also knows that Hogan's only going to be able to do certain things. But you look at that from a storytelling perspective on what they were able to tell without with the limited moves and stuff. That match is amazing. Like well, in, in that aspect, being able to tell that story, what they were able to do, the fact that the crowd was behind the rock at the beginning, the rock, the, the rock loses the crowd, the rock, the crowd goes to Hogan and they make that switch of who's going to win. You know, who's going to be the good guy. Who's going to be the bad guy. Um, it's a crazy ass match. The way they were able to carry the crowd throughout that match, regardless of the wrestling ability in that match. That's oh yeah. It's that's the crazy part about that, where wrestling doesn't just have to be all the the crazy moves. It can be a limited amount of moves and limited type of moves if you're able to carry a crowd, which those two guys, regardless, have always been able to do, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, another match, uh, a moment, I should say, is uh, when the Hardy Boys came back and oh, yeah. uh, won the tag titles because there was a uh, people were thinking that the New Day New, were going to be in the match, right? Were going to be the uh, the other tag team, and then they come out to the stage, and then all of a sudden, here comes the Hardy Boy music, and the place went apeshit because we watched that pay per view at your house, Jeremy. Yeah, um, that was WrestleMania 34 or 33, 33 or 34. One of the two. Because it wasn't 35, because we went to 35. Yes. So, so yeah. 33, 33 or 34. I don't that know. Somebody cool. look that up. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that. Um, but no, that was a cool moment, because that had been in, in WWE in a long time, and just them being a tag team again, and the crowd went apeshit for them, and, you know, the stuff they were doing in the ring, like, you know, the old school shit. So it was, it was, it was a good moment in, in regards to one of the WrestleMania times. Yeah. I have... I have Punk Taker written down from when me and Joe went because that match was really good, and I don't necessarily love either of them, but that match was may have been the best match we saw that day. Yeah, so, that was yeah. a good match. It really was. It was they, they went over they went over twenty minutes in that match too, which is oh, kind of yeah. crazy. Thirty three. It was thirty three. Thank you, there, Darth. Is that that's the one where Zack Ryder won the IC strap too in that ladder match, nope. and I was oh nope, okay nope, that was that was thir- that was thirty two. Oh, because I was pissed after that one, I remember. <laughs> I know, and you were, and you and I were both big Ryder fans, too. But Owens was in that match, and I was mad because Owens didn't win. Yeah, but, and there's a guy who pushed so hard to get himself to the top, and then when they gave him a shot, he, like, shit the freaking bed. Like, just, oh, oops, <laughs> yep, this is why we didn't push you. Sorry, son. <laughs> now he's in <laughs> AEW. Huh? Zack Ryder. Zach Ryder. I don't remember Zack Ryder ever shitting the bed. I remember him winning the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania and then losing it the next night. They never had any faith in Zack Ryder. I mean, oh. he was he was he was not I, I, I liked him, but I I don't think he's anything special at this point. So Well, and what I mean by shit the bed is that he couldn't what push they did give him, he couldn't take any momentum and make that into something bigger. They because never really gave get... him a push, so. Well, I, I, I guess never, I know. I never they did. He did all that stuff that got himself over, and then they never really gave him a, an actual shot. And I think having him win a title at WrestleMania and then losing it 24 hours later is pretty indicative of that. Yeah, well, I, I can agree with that point. 
Um, let's see. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. There's another crazy, like either one. You can look at either one uh, and I mean, say they were. You could, uh, there's a laundry list of Shawn Michaels matches at WrestleMania. Right. So. But I'm just, I'm just looking at the Undertaker ones, both those matches, like the, the, the spectacle leading up to it. And then the match itself was both matches were just amazing. Like my favorite leading up to it was when, um, Shawn Michaels was playing the other end, essentially like the angel, the God character, the light, compared, the light to the, the light dark compared to the dark. <laughs> that shit was yeah. great. Like that whole thing was amazing. <laughs> like he only wore white outfits and stuff. It was really, really cool. Um, and those were really good matches, you know, another, another moment with Michaels would be when he was like, I'm sorry to Ric Flair when he super kicked him and he had to mm-hmm. retire. So yeah. that's that that was pretty cool when that happened. So yeah, yeah, emotional aspect um, of that whole story. When I think of Shawn Michael matches at WrestleMania, I always think of the WrestleMania six match of the Rockers against the Orient Express. Sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a lie. <laughs> the WrestleMania seven match against Haku and the Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> the WrestleMania five match against the Twin Towers. <laughs> i mean those are the, the those are the not good ones so all the rest of them are are great so his, his wrestlemania 13 match what wrestlemania 13 match right, he was wrestling losing his smile losing his smile <laughs> jesus christ hey you guys have been dominating this segment i'm gonna throw a few things in there all right <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're throwing some humor in here because Jesus. What'd you say, Joe? I said Bret Hart versus Piper. That was good. That was a good match. I mean, Bret Hart's another guy that. How many bad. Bret Hart didn't really have bad matches at WrestleMania either. Like, Bret Hart had good matches. Like, when did Bret Hart have a bad match at WrestleMania? With with Vince? Well, yeah, but that was. I mean, that was just about. Like Old. some kind of like belated retribution right. for Vince, you know. Yeah. But, but that like the was first a stupid half, thing yeah, to happen. The, that didn't well, it's go. because Brett, it's because Brett can't take any bumps. I mean, so yeah, I know. Like, like the first half of Brett's career, it's like he was in two battle royals, and then the Hart Foundation had what I think was like a thirty-second match against the Bolsheviks at one. So it took them a while before they started using Brett at WrestleMania properly. But once they did, yeah, right. he put on, he, he put on. Uh, you know, good matches, obviously. I mean, he had he had at least five. Again, like the one with Piper, the one with Owen, the the, the Iron Man match, the Austin match. Um, I think I skipped over one, but I can't remember which one it was now. Uh, he, listen, he made Piper work, too. That was probably the most I've ever seen Piper wrestle in a fucking match ever. <laughs> yeah, and what was also significant about that, which I don't think a lot of people realize, is I think that was the one and only time Piper was ever pinned in a WWF ring. Hmm. Like Hogan never even like Hogan didn't even ever pin Piper. Piper would always get DQ'd. So uh, that's uh, right. You yeah. Know, so that, that, that tells you something too, because Piper was at that point, I mean, his career was really winding down and he, I think that that was kind of like the end of his last like full-time run really, unless you want to count WCW, but he kind of had, so many stops and starts there too. I don't know if you'd ever consider him full time in WCW, mm-hmm. but for him to no. say that like, okay, I'm going to let this guy pin me tells you what he thinks of the other guy. So, yeah. Was it, was it WrestleMania? Did um, somebody correct me if I'm wrong or fix, fix my thought here, but didn't 
um, Eddie Guerrero and um, why can't I think of his name? The Rabbit, Rabbit Wolverine. What's his face? Benoit. Um, that was Benoit. WrestleMania 20. Yeah, they that was the WrestleMania where Benoit finally won, right? Yeah, yeah. the title. Won that was Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero retained the title against against Kurt Angle. And then Benoit won the title from Triple H in the Triple Threat it was, match. It was a terrible uh, night. And yes, so, I know you. <laughs> and it was a so terrible you had, night. You had the two WCW guys in the ring at the end, right. you know, each as the champion, you know, celebrating. I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here when that shit was going on. <laughs> and, you know, you know, only only AJ could shit on that moment because <laughs> it, it, it was – you know, for me, it was pretty cool because it was saying, okay, we're, it's three years after WCW was closed down, and we've got two guys who are always more associated with WCW celebrating inside of Madison Square Garden, the quintessential WWF arena, you know, yeah. holding up the belts and everything. And it was, it but, was to me, to me, it was a really great, you know, awesome moment. And then three years later, it became erased. I mean, whatever. He, I already thought. So. He was already a piece of shit to me then, so it didn't even matter what he did. I already thought he was a piece yeah, okay, of shit. Okay, that, 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 okay, yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, it was a great moment, which unfortunately we can't celebrate anymore. Yeah. Um, just okay the fact that WCW was getting shit on the wrestlers that were coming over, so it was nice yeah, to see them get Right, it was a year after when everybody thought Booker T should have beat Triple H, that Triple H pedigrees him and then takes... 30 seconds to actually cover him and he still gets the pinfall. Like, that's like one of the worst endings to a WrestleMania, uh, like to a, a big WrestleMania face. match ever. Right. And so at that point, I think everybody was pretty much saying, Oh shit, I guess unless your name's Ric Flair, if you were associated with WCW, you know, you're never really going to get over. Cause it's like, yeah, big show had been champion a couple times then, but they had never really, you know, they, they obviously never really had faith in big show. And that was because it was weight and stuff too. So, you know, it was starting to look pretty obviously like if you ever, had been a WCW guy, you were always going to have that stink on you, and you were never really going to be able to yeah. to get to a certain level. So yeah. that was that was my. F- Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, and it, it's an unfortunate because we saw that happen with Re- uh, Sting's WrestleMania moment. You know, they did. Yeah, that was NWO ridiculous. comes down, and you know, and I mean, you know, they over for, they overbooked it. They overbooked the shit out it, of that. It was it was, it was it was ridiculous for the NWO to be helping Sting in the first place because they were <laughs> feuding with each other. I mean, what what that was is like WCW um, versus WWE shit. That's right. All. It was like it was like this. Like you know, even though WCW has been dead and buried for 15 years at this point, we're gonna throw more dirt on that coffin now because we're going to book this match as if it was the WWE versus WCW war was still going on. And obviously WWE comes out triumphant. So it was, yeah, it was dumb. And there's been a lot of dumb moments in, in WrestleMania history, you know, as many good moments as there are, there's been a lot of dumb moments too. So go ahead, AJ. I got, like I think the, you have a dumb moment from our, like the, us. like the dog kennel from hell match. That was fucking <laughs> fabulous. Well, that wasn't at oh. WrestleMania. So, Oh, I thought that was, uh, no, it wasn't. It was a few months later. But, I mean, yeah, talk about dumb WrestleMania moments. I mean, if Sting was putting over a younger guy, like if he was putting over Seth Rollins at that WrestleMania, fine. Would have been totally fine with it. Would have been losing, cool. to, lo- losing, losing to Triple H is really a big fuck you to Sting. It, it really is. And I still can't believe he agreed to come in and work a match that he was going to lose like that at WrestleMania. I still can't believe that. Well, do we he think that they told really him he was going to lose? Nice a, a, 
do we think he was told that he was going to lose originally or if was he told he was going to lose like that day so he couldn't back out there's no way that they there's no way that they told him what they were going to do as far as the wrestling because he debuted at survivor series so there's no way they told him what they were going to do at WrestleMania when he, before he agreed to come in for that. But it's it's still one of the dumbest WrestleMania yeah. moments of all time. Having uh, an eight-hour WrestleMania is also dumb. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> For all our viewers, we know we talked about this before. But going to WrestleMania uh, 35 and living through that hell of what they call WrestleMania was eight – it literally was eight hours of – of hell because it just took so long for everything to fucking happen. Um, so yes, to yeah, break it into two gonna, shows now, we'll see how that goes. It wasn't well, so bad this you, first time. I I don't think they're going to break it into two shows if it's going to be before a live audience. I think they took advantage of a bad situation to break it up into two nights this year. It's going to be I seven just, hours again next year. I yeah. just I just can't see them doing it because I can't see them. I can't see them doing it over two nights because it would mean that they have to charge. They either have to sell two tickets, which like nobody's going to buy like two hugely expensive tickets. Um, or they would sell like one ticket, which they might raise the price by so much, but then expect people to come back two nights in a row, which is equally unfeasible in a lot of ways. So um yeah, if they if they're running before a live crowd, I don't think it's going to be split between two nights. So they really need to come up with. I mean, it's not that bad if you're at home, obviously, but if you're there in the freaking stadium, it's it's an ordeal. It really is. That's why I'll never do. That's why I'll never go again. If they if they run in a MetLife Stadium again, there's just no way. I mean, I got my eight course meal that day, so it was all right. You did. Pretty much. So it was okay with that. <laughs> I think they should get rid of the pre-shows. Pre-shows need to go. Yeah, if I go to another WrestleMania, I will not go. I will. Or go they just need to start it an hour earlier. Starts. Like, if they want to deal with all the with like like three with like having like three or four pre-show matches, fine. It's but a waste, start it then. Start it at like three or four o'clock, so that way you're done by eleven. I mean, it's still going to be long, but it won't be like. It, it won't. Fe- it, it probably won't feel quite as intolerably long because you'll still be ending at a decent time. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah, we'll see what we do. So that leads us into our very last segment of the night, which is the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania, our favorite WrestleMania match of all time. And I'm sure we have more than one favorite match of all time, but we got to pick one. So I do. we're going to we're gonna go around and we're going to pick our favorite match of all time. Uh, before we do that, we just want to say real quick thank you to everybody that's been watching. We really do appreciate it. Um, no matter where you're catching us, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you are, thank you guys for tuning in. We do really appreciate it. And now, on to the... Mount Rushmore of our favorite WrestleMania match of all time. And I'll, I'll start it off today. I'll, I'll start us off with our favorite WrestleMania match. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of thank AJ here. I shouldn't say kind of, I'm going to thank AJ. Cause I was tossing around different matches because of my favorite wrestler of all time being the rock. I was like, okay, which rock match do I want to pick? And I could pick a whole bunch of different rock matches. And I was debating, am I going to go with rock Austin from WrestleMania uh, 15, or am I going to go from WrestleMania 17, or do I want to go from WrestleMania 19? You know, they kind of fought every other year at WrestleMania, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go with 19. 
because that really was kind of the even though all three matches I really really enjoyed and thought were really good um that one kind of is a little bit special to me because if I remember correctly that is also when the rock had kind of gone Hollywood if I remember correctly and he had the di- think, he had yeah. changed up his theme music a little bit and it was a little bit different it was more like smell with the rock is cooking like and was, <laughs> the chopper I think was in the in the yes. beginning of the of yep. his uh, He's uh vignette. yeah so it was it was a little bit cooler a little bit different edgier rock um go plus ahead, he won plus he, yes. I'm just saying he won yes he did win that time too uh which was nice because I think in the previous two he lost both times to to Stone Cold so it was nice to see him finally win against Stone Cold I mean the one time he did get you know it was a what was it wrestlemania 17 he got uh there was interference that caused him to lose that match um so that wasn't really a clean win if you want to say but i really i remember that match it was just you know and i have it went almost 18 minutes so that's a pretty decent pretty decent match for those guys too to go almost 18 minutes um but yeah it was one of those moments that i i just remember because he had been gone he had done a, a was it the no? It wasn't the Scorpion King, or was it the Scorpion King that he had gone? It's hard to remember the damn dates, um, but he had officially really launched his movie career. He was more into the movies than come, than doing wrestling. But uh, so to see him come back, do that match, win the match, and and that was really really cool. So that is my one of my favorite of all time matches is Rock Austin WrestleMania nineteen. That's the one too where he put the vest, he put Stone Cold's vest on, and when he did yes. the people's elbow, he did the <laughs> double middle fingers. So like that was that that's that was a, one of the one of the better like people. Rocks has done some one or two. He also mimicked Ric Flair once at WrestleMania when he did a people's elbow. So he's done a couple special ones at WrestleMania. So <laughs> good match. I remember I remember that too. Yes. All right. Darth Pat, I'm going to kick it over to you. What is your favorite match of all time, or at least one of your favorite matches of all time for for our Mount Rushmore today? Um, I mean, there's a bunch. We I think they've all been mentioned in some way, shape, or form. Um, but the one that I really think I'd have to go with is the Ultimate Warrior Randy Savage match from WrestleMania Seven. The reason being is that WrestleMania 7, if you look at the card, that that was kind of like the the last or maybe second to last WrestleMania from like the early WrestleManias where it's like, well, we got to have everybody on the card. So you end up with matches of like, you know, Demolition, Wrestling, Tenru, and Katow. 15 and, matches. <laughs> yeah, and, and you have uh, Tito Santana against the Mountie and the Texas Tornado against Dino Bravo just because like matches that had no – storyline to it Relevance. but it's just like well we well we got to get everybody on the card you know mm-hmm. there are plenty of matches on the card that had storyline of course but um like like even legion of doom versus power and glory had a story because you know there was there was like a tag team battle royal to determine who was going to wrestle the heart foundation and like power and glory pulled legion of doom out of the ring even though legion of doom had already eliminated them so you know it's like right. there was matches that had story but there were too many that didn't but Savage and Warrior have been a story that have been brewing for months because, you know, Savage, of course, kept saying that Warrior was ducking him for the title after Warrior had ended his feud with Rick Rude and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Warrior, of course, very publicly refused to give him a title shot at the Royal Rumble 
which led to Savage interfering in the match and costing him the title. So like they did, oh, we're going to do the retirement match. <laughs> so I'm 10 years old. I still think that the stipulations mean what they say. Mm-hmm. And I still was a fan of the Ultimate Warrior, but I still always had a soft spot for the Macho Man, even though he had been a bad guy for two years at that point. Right. Um, but they put on a match, which... I the likes of which really I had not really seen because I hadn't seen the Ricky Steamboat Randy Savage match yet at that point, and right. there was really no yeah. other match that I could think of that WWF had put on in the years in between that remotely measured up to that. So it was it was it was something to behold really, and cool. there was so much drama to it because Savage goes and hits five consecutive <laughs> top elbow drops. <laughs> on the warrior and still can't get the pin. And then Savage has got this look on his face, like, and you start feeling for him at that point saying, Oh my God, what's he got to do to put him down? But then warrior comes, does his comeback and or maybe I'm getting the match order wrong, but there was a spot where warrior did his, did all his stuff. No, he, the, you're, you're, you're right, Pat. You're right. Did, did the gorilla press, did the gorilla press slam yeah. big splash combo and Savage kicks out. And Warrior's, like, willing to take that as a sign that he's not meant to do this anymore. Right, he, he starts was, talking like, to the Warriors. Yeah, he was, going <laughs> to, he, was, he was going to walk out of the match. And, like, the referee's even warning him, if you get counted out, your career's over and all this. Um, and then, you know, but then, like, when Savage comes back to attack him, then, like, you know, he comes back and he's like, no, I know. And, and, you know, just the way that he just kept, he just kept doing like the flying shoulder blocks then on him and Savage kept, you know, getting knocked out of the ring and he's literally dead on his feet. And and then a lot of people have criticized it, but the way that Warrior did the one foot pin on him then I think was just, was the way that that match had to go, you know, because it was such a big thing. Like, you know, he ended up on commentary saying like, Whoever stays, stays. Whoever leaves, leaves. It's like, oh my God, no! <laughs> and it's like, and Savage was never a Heenan guy, but the way Heenan's reacting, and then of course all the post-match stuff, then with with Sherry attacking them, and then with Elizabeth coming back into the ring, I because. And here's the sad thing too: everybody in that match is now no longer with us. They're you know, yeah. Warriors dead, Savage is dead, Elizabeth's dead, Sherry's dead. It's very hard for me to watch the end of that match now and not and not tear up. So it's it's yeah. it is an it is an incredible moment, and it was really it was by far the best match on that particular card because that yes. that card just did not have a lot of great matches. That, but that might but, might have been the best match the Ultimate Warrior was ever in, possibly. It, it's very possible. Oh, he, had, he, had, yes. <laughs> he had a good he had a good match with Hogan. He had good matches with Rick Rude. But yeah, I really do feel that's probably the best Warrior match ever, and I really feel it's one of Savage's best matches too. So yeah. um, there was just there was just a lot going for it. So that one to me just kind of always sticks out. That's a match I can go back and rewatch constantly and never be cool. and never be bored or not entertained. So I like the fact that I talked about it and you you said it too. That's that's cool. I wasn't cheesy and corny when I brought it up earlier. <laughs> well, Definitely yeah, well, you know, when you first mentioned it, I'm like, oh, shoot, I hope he doesn't talk about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to kick it over to Theo. I'm going to let AJ go last today. So, Theo, favorite match of all time, or at least one of your favorite matches of all time. Just one of them, please. The Allied Powers versus the Blue Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not putting that down. (laughs) What? No one likes Uncle Zabaka? What? What the fuck? (laughs) 
Dirty Dutch Mantel. God. Fine. I had to, when I saw that name, I had to say it a couple times, too. Oh, no come on. Taking if you're gonna, Undertaker, King Kong Bundy? If you're going to say King Kong Bundy, at least use the one with Little Beaver and Hillbilly Jim where he squashed the midget. <laughs> See, you and your damn midgets. <laughs> Why don't you just go with uh, the Uncle Elmer, Adrian Adonis? <laughs> I liked Adrian Adonis. So. I'm not dissing Adrian Adonis. I'm just saying Uncle Elmer was, was <laughs> not good. <laughs> don't be uh... disrespectful. But... <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, Jim mentioned it early. I'm, I'm picking, I'm picking Hogan rock. Um, there's just a lot that goes into that match. Like you mentioned, to be honest, the crowd, you know, them talking about how they're going to do their match beforehand. And then when you get in the ring and they have to scrap everything, they just talked about 24 hours earlier or within that day and have to revamp everything and, and go with the flow of what the crowd was giving them. Um, and everything they did from the beginning to the end, was just great. You know, of course, they're both limited at that time for multiple reasons, but they still put on a show. They sold everything. They told the story, and they they, they went the route that they needed to do to to um, finish finish the match and give the crowd what they were kind of looking for. Because to be honest with you, that's you know, Rock kind of takes that that match and takes his heel and kind of runs with it for the next what two years or so. You know, being the heel and going through the whole Hollywood portion of of himself with the movies so i mean that was probably a good thing for for him as well um to kind of flip the script and 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 be the go from the good guy to the bad guy and kind of run with it and you know i think the hogan running this course was starting to run his course as being you know the bad evil nwo hollywood hogan and i think people were wanting to see him you know go back to his red and yellow and that was kind of kind of his, his his moment to do that too but that, it yeah, didn't, take, didn't take very long for that to happen yeah <laughs> no, did I, mean, I i i just i just remember being so amazed watching that match because i had an expectation for what that match was going to be when you know it was when, when it was announced and then also as you know we're, we're coming up to to the event and everything and I just that was really the first time that you really could see how a crowd could take over a match. I don't ever remember no. hearing a crowd reaction like that in any other match that I'd ever watched in any organization, whether it was WWF, WCW, ECW, you know, whoever. Just it, it was just unbelievable. Like my dad and I were watching that match together and just kind of amazed because like, you guys aren't supposed to be booing The Rock. I know you're not supposed. You're <laughs> not supposed. To, you see, that was the thing. It's like I expected Hogan would get some cheers because he was Hogan. I didn't expect that the whole arena would be cheering for Hogan and booing The Rock because fucking again, Canadians, fucking Canadians. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it is that. I mean, like you, because know, like you always said, the Bizarro Land thing and everything. Yep. But it's just, it's still, it's just like That's... I. I honestly can't believe what I'm hearing. I it, can't it, it what was, I'm watching. It was special, and they said The Rock. I, I think I saw Hogan said The Rock, like, you know, and five minutes into the match was like, hey, you know, I, let's flip the script on this or whatever. Like, I'm pretty sure Hogan gave the credit 
to the rock for flipping the script on that and saying, all right, you're going to play the good guy and I'm going to play the bad guy. It was a little bit even keel with both that. So and that yeah. was WrestleMania 18, right? Yeah. That yeah. that happened. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't put what WrestleMania Fif- that was. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, they start running together, Jeremy. So. <laughs> well, especially, like, especially like you said, when you have. Rock Austin you know, every other year. Rock, Rock Austin three times. Yeah. 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 So. All right. AJ, you're going to finish us off on our Mount Rushmore. What is your favorite match? I'm going to not pick the match I always pick. So, because okay. I always pick Michael's Brett for the Iron Man match, but everybody already knows that. So I'm going to go Savage Steamboat. So, because that match happened how many years ago? And it's still talked about as one of the greatest matches of all time. So that match has stood the test of time for sure. Like when a match that happened in 1987 is still being talked about 20, what is it? 30 years later. That's yeah. that, that. That says a lot. For that match and those two guys in it savage and steamboat are are two of the top like 15 wrestlers of all time i think so that just and the story as a kid the story leading up to that match with savage breaking his larynx with the bell like all of that stuff was as a kid we were eating that shit up weren't we I mean, Pat, you were you were too young, but me and Joe were eating that shit up. I know we were. We were like, "Holy shit, Steamboat better win!" Fuck Savage, damn it. Well, 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 yeah, and because and and that was also one of the times where they they tied because back in that era they didn't always do a good job of like tying the build up into the match. But there was the spot in that match where Savage went to go get the right. ring bell again, and he was going to jump off the top rope again. And but George like, the Animal Steel pushed George him Animal off. George the Animal Steel, you know, you know, first took the bell away from him, and Savage hit him and took the bell back. And then the second time, Steel just pushes him off the turnbuckle, which I mean, kind of, which kind of led to the finish. But at the same time, I said, yeah, they actually did. They actually tied what had been the storyline going into it into the match itself. I mean, I guess the one knock you could have is he rolled him up and small packaged him. So I guess it wasn't like the greatest like ending, but yeah. it, it was still. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't spectacular ending like that though either. You know, it, it didn't. It didn't have. Yeah, it didn't have maybe say like the greatest finish, but. At the same time, it's like it had the feel of like you know it, it kind of came out of nowhere. It, it was and it was like a wrestling match thing. It it wasn't quite like Savage just rolling up Flair and holding the tights to beat him at WrestleMania right. Eight because it's like how can how can you have Savage win the title without hitting the elbow on him? <laughs> um, you know, but uh, yeah, I I, I, I I know what you mean, but yeah, Savage and Steamboat has. Stood the yeah. test of time, so that's it deserves iconic. Yes, it's an item, and, and it's a really good wrestling match to boot. So it's yeah. it's not just historical significance. The match itself is really good. So yes. it's most people, everybody disagrees on this and that. Most people, that's in their top five matches of all time. Yep. So Absolutely. all right. So just that was for me. That was probably the funnest one of the funnest. Um, <laughs> Mount Rushmore's that we've ever done because it's just like the some of them are they're just all memories that we have about how awesome WrestleMania can actually be. So just to recap our Mount Rushmore for favorite wrestling match from WrestleMania, we have Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 19, Warrior versus Randy Savage at WrestleMania 7, Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania 18, and Savage versus Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. An amazing, an amazing. So um, it's all old. It's all like pre WrestleMania 20. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Maybe that's telling. Maybe that should tell the WWE something. Um, <laughs> probably not. But uh, uh, I mean, yes and no, because I could have easily picked the the first Michaels Undertaker match. Right, I, I mean, I could have too. Yesterday. That's that's one I could have picked. So and, and and that that like that's the match that WWE.com picked as the best ever WrestleMania match, and I, I think that's that is a very it's a very good choice because when that match happened. That was still in the time frame of, oh, you know Undertaker's not losing. The streak's not ending. But just while even watching that back yesterday, there were so many times during that match where I went, oh, shit, he may actually lose. So, you know, that's yeah. why that match is so awesome. Thank you. I didn't ask for your freaking input on that, but thank you anyways. <laughs> well, you know what they say. Jeremy doesn't want it. I'm still going to give it. <laughs> we're going to leave that so, one alone. <laughs> Oh, so, I gave you the setup on a T. <laughs> so let's we're going to wrap this up and say good night to everybody. We really do appreciate you guys watching. Um, no matter where you're watching, how you're catching us, if you're seeing us on YouTube, you're seeing us on any kind of podcast platform, we do appreciate it. You know, where and if you're you know, picking us up in the United States, picking it up in a in another country, hey, that's awesome. We're glad we're reaching you guys and bringing you some entertainment. And uh, because we're entertaining ourselves every time by picking on each other and, you know, bantering a little bit. Um, so with that, I'm going to say good night oh, and wait, we'll wait, see wait, you. Wait, 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 wait. Don't fuck? you want to give a tease for our next episode? Oh, yes, I should do that, shouldn't I, before we go. So before we go and I say good night to everybody, yes, we will be talking Star Wars and we will be talking the sequels, the final three episodes which were done by Disney, which a lot of people don't like, but I still think they're fucking fantastic movies because they're Star Wars movies, regardless of the fucking fact <laughs> that Disney did them. So to all those people that don't like them because they're Disney, well, you guys are way too involved in, well, we'll just leave it that. You're way too involved in what you think Fan Star Wars, Wars really is. Anyways, all right, so on that <laughs> note now, thank you, Darth Pat. We will say good night, and we'll catch you on the next episode.